and welcome to a pod of tea podcast your go-to place for tea and chats i'm your host emma and i'm back i am back on the podcast train a woo woo. <laughs> I'm so excited to start this again. Um, I have had what will be described as a tea break. Um, my last episode, episode 21 Darjeeling, came out quite a while ago. It was in 2019. But we are here in 2020, ready to review some more teas. And friends, I have got a backlog of teas to review now. I've got one um, that's been sat on my shelf for about a month now. It's quite difficult not to drink the teas when... Um, when they're there, because I want to try them. I'm very, very excited about trying all the different teas that are currently in my tea cupboard on the tea shelf. Um, but I have restrained myself <laughs> because I think it's really nice to try them with you on the podcast and have that first taste with you guys. So I've got quite a few to get through. And Christmas, obviously, um, my friends and family do know that I enjoy a cup of tea. So for Christmas, I've got quite a few different beverages. Me and Jack. Jack's been roped into this now. Um, he's not on the podcast today. I wanted to do this first one back by myself um, for reasons I'll explain in a minute. Um, but yes, Jack was uh, given some teas as well as me, um, a couple of joint presents, which we are very, very grateful for. So thank you, everyone. So yes, I've had a break and there are two reasons why I had a break. One being I was in a play, which was amazing. It was called At the Turning of the Tide, which was on at a theatre here in Norfolk, the Madder Market Theatre, with a really great community theatre company called Crude Apache. And oh, I just had the best time. It was so fun. It was about the Norfolk Broads. It was about the wherries. It was set in Victorian times. Um, the, a wherry is a type of boat, if you didn't know. And it was used to move shipments of materials up and down the broads, which are like these waterways that run all through Norfolk. And then the railway comes along and takes all the work away from the wherry trade and drama, drama and shoes. So I was a member of the family that ran this wherry. I was playing a character called Vic, who was a headstrong young girl, who uh, <laughs> was quite determined to be skipper of the wherry one day, even though she had a twin brother, Albert, who was more destined to inherit because he's a boy, but then, you know, railways and all sorts of things happened. And there was some really great songs. Oh, so I do, amongst other things, I play music. I play folk music primarily with my friend Charlie, who's been on here in our band Patchwork Skies. I also do other bits of music as well. And different styles. We often um, end up doing some concerts with my father-in-law, Tosh Ewens, as well. Uh, so it's lots and lots of fun, all the music. And there was music in this play, and it was sort of really upbeat, toe-tapping folk music, which was lovely. And I got to sing a couple of the songs in it, and I just had a jolly good time. Anyway, so the reason why I ended up not doing the podcast during it was we were rehearsing. So I got the part in October, um, and the play ran in January. So from then, it was four rehearsals a week. So three nights and a Sunday. And I believe that I did manage to do... I think the Darjeeling episode was during that. So that was fine. Um, it was quite full on. And then in January, it went up to five rehearsals. Yeah, five rehearsals. So that was a lot. So I was already a bit like, oh, that's a bit stretched. But then something else happened um, in October, actually, found out at the end of October, which um, took me back a bit and ate up even more of my ability to do things in time, which will be revealed when I tell you. I mean, you've probably seen from the title <laughs> of this episode, but the tea that I am 
uh, reviewing in this episode is the pucker mother kind pregnancy tea to quote nature's finest organic herbs to help care for pregnant mums i am with child there is a bun in the oven yes there is um <laughs> which i'm very happy about very very excited about me and jack um wanted a baby and we were very lucky and have been able to create a human um I already speak a bit strange sometimes anyway. My sense of humour can be slightly off. And then you add in the slight <laughs> bizarreness of being pregnant and the words I choose might be a little bit odd. So I apologise in advance for any weird phrases I come up with to describe the, the small human that I am growing at the moment. As we speak. Hope that doesn't freak anyone out too much. So yeah, this episode is going to be reviewing the Pucker Motherkind Pregnancy Tea, which was given as a gift at Christmas to me by Charlie Lim. So thank you very much for that, Charles. I have waited this long to try it. So it is currently brewing in my little teapot, my one-person teapot. So it's the one that has a little teapot that sits above a teacup. Um, and it's been brewing for a little while now. So I think we can go straight in for the pour. I'm pretty thirsty. So... I'm excited to have this. Oh, now this is the notorious teapot that tends to spill everywhere. And I am currently sat at the office desk, which has been moved to the front room. And I've now suddenly become very aware that Jack's computer is directly underneath the desk. <laughs> so we're going to do this carefully with some trepidation. Oh, there we go. Yep. There she blows. She's spilling. I should have brought it. Okay. One shall pause, get a tea towel, and be back. And she returns. I mean, is it even a pod of tea episode if I don't spill tea everywhere? I don't think it is. So let's go for it now. I've got this handy tea towel in the way. Goodness. Right, okay. It's a cute teapot. You're so cute, teapot, but you're not very effective. Or I'm just overfilling one or the other. So let's get a nice cup full there. I think it is an overfilling, actually. <laughs> Once I got because it's so small, so you you like put all the put all the boiling water in. But after I got past that first bit, that went a lot better. Um, so let's give it a smell. It's kind of like a a yellowy colour. Um, it's quite low lighting in here actually. We've got um, in our front room we just have fairy lights, so we've got the main light in the room. It's quite a brash light. It's quite strong, um, and it's not dimmable. And it also doesn't have a lampshade. It's got like, it looks like a light that should be in an office as opposed to a home. So we do need to change that at some point. Not sure how, DIY. Um, but we've got the fairy lights on that are around that are lovely and perfect for when you're watching a movie. Not so much when you want to see the colour of tea. So let's give it a smell. It smells kind of minty. Yeah, I don't know if your nose is supposed to get more sensitive or less sensitive or not change at all when you're pregnant, but to me, this smells slightly minty. I'm gonna let that cool down slightly before I enthusiastically burn my mouth by drinking too quickly. So let's look on the back here, what's actually in this. So it says that it is, oh God, it's got many, many uh, things that are saying that it helps, helps you with in terms of, of helping you with your child. Oh, there we go, the majestic Shatavari root, Shatavari probably saying that wrong. The majestic Shatavari root is the main, the main thing that we're going on here. An organic raspberry leaf, Shatavari leaf, and a nettle leaf um, make you come alive. How exciting. Um, so raspberry leaf, does raspberry leaf taste like raspberries? That's what I want to know. Will I find out from this tea? We'll, we'll all find out together. 
Um, nettle, that's a common tea, isn't it, nettle leaf? So then you go into the, as we found with some teas that we've reviewed before, they go, this is express, this is this tea, this is, I don't know, orange petal tea. And then you read the back and there's actually 5% orange petals and 29% chamomile and <laughs> I'm not good with, I'm not adding all the numbers up, but you, you get what I'm saying. So how much Shatavari leaf um, and raspberry leaf is in this? So ras oh, raspberry leaf is the first ingredient at 24%. And then, yes, there we go, straight into the chamomile flower. Doesn't even say how much. Chamomile flower, then nettle leaf at 16, and then Shatavari root, sorry, root, not leaf, at 12%. Peppermint leaf, haha. Peppermint is such a strong flavor. It's like rose. If you put it in a tea, you're gonna taste it pretty quickly. Um, so I tried, I went into, so as is my want, if I go past a Wittard of Chelsea, I must go in and try the samples. It's a very fun game. It's lovely. I recommend everyone to do it because it's great. And the staff are always really friendly and they smile at you, even when you don't buy anything, which is, uh, me at the moment. <laughs> I didn't buy any. Um, I wandered out again, but it was, um, they had a rose tea. Um, I think it was, it was a special Wittard blend that had rose in it. And it was really nice, but it was, again, it, it is primarily a rose tea. It doesn't taste, it tastes of the other things, but rose is what you take home, take home with you. Sweet fennel seed is in this, sweet fennel seed. Orange peel, ah, 40%. Oh no, <laughs> I thought it was 40% orange peel there. No, but it's 40%, it is, it is dim, and this is small writing in this room. So 40%. Fair World Certified Ingredients. Oh, okay, so that must be fair. I'm not quite sure what the Fair World means, but I'm guessing it's something like fair trade, so people are being paid appropriately for their goods. So yeah, carefully blended to nurture your second and third trimesters of pregnancy. So I did see this. I think I went on there, because I, I, when I became pregnant, obviously one of, the, one of the first things after, yay, I'm pregnant, oh God, my entire life is gonna change. You know, up there was what tea's gonna still drink. <laughs> So I quickly took to Google. Um, obviously, caffeine is a thing, but you can have 200 mg of caffeine, which is about the equivalent of two standard cups of tea um, or like, a, you know, a good coffee. Not a huge one, but like a good one. So I've kind of in my head gone, you're allowed either a couple of normal teas like Bilderbury or a coffee a day or none, you know, I don't have to have caffeine every day. The caffeine addiction, the aforementioned caffeine addiction, which has been a hot topic on this, this podcast has been curbed immediately. So <laughs> do not worry. Um, but I am allowing myself bits of caffeine. Um, so, so I knew about that, but I thought, oh, you know, the, a lot of the herbal teas, which I enjoy have different ingredients in, and maybe there are some of those that you can't have. So I went online and there is mixed information out there about what you can and can't drink. And I'm pretty sure in the quantity that I would drink something that I'm not, like, I'm sure chamomile is fine. And I drink chamomile probably every day, if not every other day. Um, so that's okay. But, you know, some of the more unusual teas that I might try, a cup is probably not going to do any damage. But I looked, so I looked on the Pucker website and it said the one tea that they don't recommend during the first trimester pregnancy is the mother kind pregnancy tea, which I thought was really interesting. So unless I'd have gone on there, um, and, and check this out. I don't think I would have clocked that. And certainly on the box, it says second and third trimester, but nowhere does it say you can't have it in the first. So I'm just gonna fact check myself here. So I'm just gonna quickly, excuse me, go on the Pucker website. So I'm gonna pause you guys a sec. 
Okay, interestingly on there, I can't actually see, I think there was a specific page that said about what you can and can't drink. So I'm on their mother kind. Um, so they do a whole range of teas for women. Um, and there's also one specifically for when your baby's here, which I think is meant to be beneficial for breastfeeding and things like that. So that's really interesting. Um, but it just says here that it is recommended for the use of second and third trimester of pregnancy. And then it does say that there is some concern for the use of raspberry leaf while pregnant, which is in this. So I'm guessing that is what they have the concern of for the first trimester. I'm going to pause you one more time and see if I can find that original page to answer my question of did it say don't have it in the first trimester because these you know you might be pregnant listening to this I don't know and you might be considering this tea so let's let's get the facts of the matter okay I found it so from googling what tea is is safe in a more general way so it is the raspberry leaf which has been used traditionally to support uterine tone don't know what that is um, uterine tone in preparation for birth in accordance with traditional use, we recommend that this tea is consumed during the second and third trimester only. So, and the leaf is blended with a combination of additional herbs, which are safe during pregnancy and can be enjoyed up to four times a day. Wonderful. So there must be something about raspberry leaf that is not suitable for the first trimester. And I know the first trimester is the one where you are more um, susceptible to miscarriage, which is a sad thing. Um, but it, it, you know, it happens, there's a higher chance of it then, which is probably why they are recommending you not to have it. Cause there's, yeah, there's quite like, you can't have a massage in the first trimester. You can have it, um, second and third, but you can't have one then. There's a lot of more things that they tell you not to do. I found, um, in the first trimester just to, you know, increase your chances, I think. So interesting raspberry leaf. Let's give this tea a try. Oh, I like it. Okay. Right, I'm going to have another sip, actually, before I do thoughts. Mmm, okay, that is a very gentle, gentle tea. And after all my comments about a peppermint being an overpowering flavour, it is not in this instance at all. It's very much a background. But I wouldn't say there is any kind of overpowering flavour, which is nice. Like, often with herbal teas... I find that there's like the one, the one flavour that comes through, whereas this genuinely feels like a blend, which is, yeah, really good. I'm going to have another sip. Mmm, yeah. I think similar to, I mean, a chamomile tea is so gentle, so, so gentle, and it's a love, I love the flavour of chamomile, personally. Um, it took me a while to get used to it. I remember when I first tried it, I was like, ooh, because it didn't taste like something I'd tried before. Um, and I do quite enjoy it with honey, which makes it nice and sweet. So I, I like that flavour anyway, and I can definitely taste the chamomile. But again, it's like everything's sort of blending. I'm not familiar enough. I need to do um, some teas, which I'll do on here, that are pure, like a pure nettle leaf tea. I need to do, and some other things, like fennel, so that I can start really trying to identify the flavours a little bit more. Um, obviously the ones that I drink a lot of, peppermint, chamomile, even though peppermint is a very easily identifiable flavour, are like, you know, screaming out to me, but there's loads of other things going on here that I can't quite decipher. Yes, I very much enjoy that tea. That's very, very nice. I can imagine myself having that up to four times a day. I do tend to go on a kind of gradient of strength, of flavour, and it used to be caffeine, but obviously going out the window with that. So, um... I like to start the day with quite a strong, bold flavour, like an Assam, a breakfast tea, 
um, some kind, you know, I'd, I'd like, I like a coffee of a morning. So that kind of wake you up, boom, here's some flavor. Your mouth hasn't tasted anything for, you know, ideally eight hours. Um, and here's, here's some flavor to start your day. And it's, that's nice. And then I do think gradually through the day, as you become more tired and you wind down. So certainly from like four o'clock onwards, everything gets a bit more gentle. So I probably wouldn't drink this until after four o'clock. So I'd probably, I wouldn't necessarily think I, I would only drink this before bed, although I'd happily drink it before bed, but I would certainly come home from work and go, oh, I'll have one of those. And then maybe my chamomile later, or, or perhaps even another one of these. So that's really good. How exciting, this lovely tea. Thanks, Charlie. Um, <laughs> it's nice. Once again, Pucker, well done on your lovely box design. That's very pretty uh, with the flowers and the leaf the leaf patterns going around there. Yeah, I wonder if this is then going to help me brew up a child. I don't know, in my teapot self. <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, it's an interesting, interesting process. So the reason I struggled to do the podcast and the play in my first, so it was my first trimester of pregnancy, so time that well, I kind of naively had a certain understanding of what the first trimester would be like. I think being told about, and I won't go into too many details because this is a tea podcast, not a pregnancy podcast, and you might not quite be prepared for this, but um, <laughs> being told what morning sickness and things like that were going to be like from hearing anecdotes from people who've been pregnant or hearing stuff online and experiencing it were two very different things. I did not anticipate feeling that bad. Um, I have likened it to a two-month hangover. That's the only thing I compare it to. I did not feel well. Um, I certainly did not have it as bad as some people. Some people end up in hospital. They have, you know, they just can't keep anything down and they're exhausted. And it was nowhere near like that. Like it was mad. It was as manageable as a hangover. You've been out the night before, you've had a few too many wines, but you still have to get up for work the next day. And I kind of left that lifestyle behind. You know, that's a that's something I would do when I lived in London. I won't it's a bit naughty, but I would. I'd go out of an evening, even though I had work the next day, drag myself on the tube, ashen-faced, hoped that the gods would be kind as I sipped my water and then got off the other end, promptly got a prep croissant <laughs> and then strolled into work. And due to my youth, felt a lot better quite quickly because you're more resilient to alcohol, I think, when you're younger. Um, and then, yeah, as I've got older, I kind of, I think the last time I felt a bit hungover at work was I had to go in the day after my birthday and I had had a few, and I just remember that feeling of like, oh God, what have you done? Like, why <laughs> why have you put yourself in this position again? So I just like it so much. I Yeah, I, I'll, very, you know, I'd enjoy, I enjoy going out for some drinks and things like that, but I do tend to be a little bit more sensible now, unless I know I've got a day free the next day, and I mean a day, like where I can just lounge, and if I feel good, great, I'll do stuff, but if I don't, I don't have the panic of, oh my god, I need to like, you know, go places and do things, so, you know, we all slip up from time to time, but that's, that's the dream scenario, so it was like, that had all gone out the window, and I'd gone back to my early 20s, mid 20s, and but I wasn't allowed gin, <laughs> which made it so much worse. I couldn't even enjoy the things that would usually make me feel that way. And it was, yeah, it was quite an intense experience. So I'm, I'm taking on the play, so I was still working at, at my job full time and then doing this play on top of it, which, and again, like, so I got the part before I found out I was pregnant, but we were trying. 
So I was aware that this was something that could crop up while I was doing the play. So, and then when I found out, again, naively, I was like, oh, that'll be great because I won't be showing. So it won't be a problem. I can still do this play because no one will physically see that I'm pregnant. So it won't affect the part at all. That's fine. And then I just didn't anticipate that like, you are exhausted in that trimester. My goodness, it is. I just felt like a ton of bricks had hit me. I was tired. So I was literally getting up getting up for work, coming home, eating dinner really quickly, sitting down, maybe having a nap for 10 minutes, then going to rehearsal, then getting back, not late, late, like 10, half 10, but for someone who needed more sleep at that point, that felt really late, and then getting up the next day, and it's safe to say I had a a couple of moments of just wobbles. <laughs> if anyone from work is listening, maybe more of a wobble. Yeah, I'm an emotional person anyway, so add the hormones and the tiredness and you get an interesting mix of uh, of crying because you couldn't eat an omelette, <laughs> which is what happened one day. So it's quite funny, really. Um, yeah, so I found that really hard. So I just didn't have the energy or capacity or the ability to drink the tea. Oh my goodness, Ladies and gentlemen, I went off tea for like a month. I was like, who am I? What is this woman before me? I'm so happy that I'm pregnant, but at the same time, like, is my body my own anymore? Like, how can I not drink a cup of tea? I went completely off it, especially the idea of milk in a tea. I was like, oh, no, like the classic tea, absolutely not. Um, as I've said before on here, psychologically, a peppermint tea usually makes me feel better, but uh gonna be honest didn't really cut it like and ginger they say ginger is meant to help so I ate some ginger biscuits which I then found out after the fact doesn't don't really contain enough ginger but you know what's it what's the word placebo effect maybe um helped me a little bit there I did I went through a phase of about a month where all I could eat was french stick and tomato soup and a bit of cheese and that was it cheese on on uh pasta I'd eat cheese on pasta and that, that was all I was having, because that's all I could keep down. And it was just like, yeah. Anyway, sorry, you did not sign up for a saga <laughs> about the first trimester, everyone. But I just wanted to explain. So that is why I have been absent from the podcasting lark. And I just thought, you know what? One hobby at a time right now, because I was really determined to do the play. It was, I haven't done theatre, and I've talked about creativity on here um, a few times. And I, I haven't done any theatre since... I had my theatre company in London with Charlie, who, who's got me this tea, incidentally. Um, so I, you know, and I'd, I'd missed it. And what what had happened was me and my colleague, who I, who I work with, um, a lovely person called Millie. Hello, Millie. Um, we sat there and we were discussing the joy of being in school and, and doing the school musical. The school it was musicals at my school um, or school plays that would come up every year, and you'd have the auditions and the excitement and just like the fun of being part of it. And it was, oh, they were so great. And we were like, oh, I really missed that feeling. And then we saw this audition come up, like magic. And it had folk music in, which I was like, it's a sign, we must do it. Um, and we just went for it. And I was so umming and ahhing right at the beginning. I was like, oh, God. Like, that's even before I found out I was pregnant. I was like, um, I wasn't even pregnant at this point. I was like, oh, God, that's a lot of commitment. But I thought it'd be okay because where I work, we're shut as a business. Like, obviously, the offices are open. But um, as a functioning business, we shut between November 
the end of October and we open again February half term. So I was like, okay, we're going to have a bit more time. But I was honestly, I was back and forth thinking, do I have the time to do it? We have all these other things that I want to do because I've got this podcast. I want to write my book. I want to learn more about my guitar, like all this sort of stuff. And I'm so glad I went for it. And that's something I've learned through this, I think, is that sometimes you just need to take a punt and just go for it because what you get out of it you know you get out what you put into things and I got so much out of that experience I feel like I've got a reappreciation for time because even though I was that tired and feeling quite ill um I did you know I managed it I managed the four rehearsals and then up to five rehearsals a week which I'm really proud of um especially on the, the days where I felt really quite poorly and I had the little you get these little wristbands that sort of pressure pressure point on your wrist and meant to try and make you feel a bit better and yeah I went in and and I did it and just the experience of being on a stage again and doing something collectively with loads of other people and hearing and yeah hearing people clap and coming up to you afterwards going oh you did very well it was so nice like my confidence I feel like I've had a little confidence rejuvenation which is really great and yes with the time I've gone well I could do all that then and now I'm feeling a bit better and obviously I've got a little ticking time bomb in my tummy here <laughs> so when a certain someone uh, makes an appearance in the world you know my time's going to be completely the whole schedule is going to go out the window it's all going to change um and I'm not going to have as much time again but I feel like I've learned from this that like you do have time like maybe not to do a play and a podcast while you're feeling poorly and work full time but you can pick a project and you can you can do stuff with it and feel a sense of achievement um which was really nice because I think I've had a slight bee in my bonnet about working full time and buying trying to be creative and feeling like you know, it almost needed to be one or another at one point. And actually, yeah, life lessons learned. You can do a bit of both, which has been wonderful. So the play finished um, last weekend, last weekend or the weekend before? Oh, time, what are you? <laughs> but the play is done. Yeah, it was last weekend. And I'm straight back into the podcast. And I'm just feeling like, yeah, I want to do things for my evenings, which is a really wonderful wonderful way to feel so I'm just remembering when I do this by myself there's not many opportune moments to drink the tea so I'm going to have another sip of this because it is that nice I mean I kind of want to pour some more dare I I do think it was an overfilling issue it was an overfilling issue oh Emma will you never learn will you never learn the capacity of this teeny teeny tiny teapot which actually holds in more than I give it credit because I think it's almost like two of these teacups worth in that tiny teapot. You can't see the teapot or the teacup for reference, but um, I'm not sure if I put this one on my Instagram as a picture or not yet. If I haven't, I will use it as the picture to advertise this episode. Oh yeah, lovely. Really, really nice. Just trying to like, I'm drinking it and I'm going, okay, is that nettle? Is that fennel? Or it said orange. Now orange is another flavor that's usually very overpowering. Let me try it again. Now, as I say, just a really nice, nice blend. Lovely. Um, yeah, so I think there's been some new listeners to the podcast since I last did one. It was one of those things where I thought, oh, that would be, you know, I'd finish, <laughs> have my little tea break, come back, and all the numbers on there would be the same. But no, it's sort of it picked up a bit while I was having a break. So if you have um, stuck with me and waited for this episode, hello to you. Thank you very much for listening to the podcast. And we'll be continuing 
on the themes that we've touched on before. So looking at sort of the tea champion stuff, trying to find out more about about different types of your more, um, I want to say standard teas. I don't know, your stereotypical teas that you've heard of, like Darjeeling, Oolong, Assam. On the Oolong note, I have got, I've been gifted um, a pack of tea uh, from a company that I will be trying soon. I want to try that with Jack. It's a sort of not a straight oolong, it's like a flavoured oolong, so we'll be looking at that soon. Um, and I've got a, another Norfolk blend tea, a Sandringham Thyme, I believe it was called, um, that we're going to look at as well, which I think has got lots of different teas in it. So there's lots there's lots to come, which is really great. So lots of, of teas to review and explore. We have a few anecdotes along the way, of course, as well. But yeah, to round up with this tea, I, I like it. I can't say I've seen any other teas I'm sure there are many. Um, I haven't seen jumping out of me any other teas that are specifically for pregnancy. I didn't see this one. This was a present at Christmas. So maybe now I'm aware of it. I'll go into shops and see some others. So if I do see some other teas that are suitable for pregnancy, I'll pick them up and let you know what I think. But I think, yeah, if you're pregnant and you want to, you know, I don't think, I'm not overly concerned by this raspberry leaf thing. So um yeah, go for it. I'd say give this a try. It's, it's very nice. And I, if you're not pregnant, I can't see it doing you any harm at all. So if you want to just try it, honestly, it's actually quite a nice flavour. I am going to get Jack to try a cup um, and see what he thinks because, yeah, it's lovely. And I don't think it's going to affect you in any way. I mean, herbal teas, as I've sort of alluded to before, I, I, I often find that when they say they have this property or that property, a lot of it is more of a, a psychological balm than it doing too much. I, you know... Maybe I've just been jaded from my experience of the peppermint tea not doing what I thought it would when I felt poorly <laughs> in the past couple of months. And no, no, I do. Yeah, they do. They certainly do help. But it's not like it's not like a prescription medication where you have to be super, super careful and worried unless you're going to drink. You know, if you're going to drink this whole box in one go, you might that might be worrying slightly. But they do recommend just four. So <laughs> restrain yourself if you try this and you really like it. But there we go. I am very happy to be back. I'm very excited to try some more teas with you. So the next podcast, and this is a, a teapot promise to you all, will be out in a fortnight. It will be out in two weeks' time, um, coming back at you. So that's great. Um, I'll probably most definitely be reviewing that oolong next. So I'll try and get Jack back on here as well. Um, we have evenings again. So, I mean, for start, I get to see Jack. Uh, if you haven't listened to any other episodes, Jack's my husband and I often get him, drag him into this podcast because he lives with me and <laughs> he's easy prey for podcast uh, chatter. Um, yeah, so we'll get Jack on here and we'll review that tea next. And then we've got, yeah, lots more in the pipeline for 2020. How exciting. Right. Thank you, everyone. And see you soon. Bye.